Welcome to the IoT Idols podcast. I'm Ryan Cousins, co-founder and CEO of Critical. We help bring bleeding-edge technology products to market through a combination of hardware and software modules and professional engineering services. We believe every innovator has a powerful collection of experiences and knowledge that can help inspire others in their field. If you have a story you'd like to share, stick around at the end of the show and we'll explain how you can be a guest on one of our upcoming episodes. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you could be the next IoT Idol. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of IoT Idols, Innovators to Watch. My name is Ryan Cousins, CEO and co-founder of Critical. I'll be your host today. And I'm thrilled to invite on our next guest, uh, Jonathan Fowler from Logical Analytics. Jonathan, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Ryan. So, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about uh, Logical Analytics. Uh, what's what's kind of the background of the company and, and uh, what are you guys all about? So, we are an analytics as a service company and, um, you know, there are plenty of those out there. But um, our, our sort of angle here is that um, a lot of companies want to do analytics uh, integrations and letting, letting the tail wag the dog where they pick a tool and then kind of back into that. And you, know, you also see where um, those maybe aren't implemented with respect to an entire company's data culture um, and, and what their information culture really dictates. So um, between a bunch of experience with that in, in my professional life and then also my research in my doctoral work uh, for my, my last degree, um, I really came to a crossroads on, you know, we could really, if we did the right assessment framework, um, we could offer something that speaks to everybody in the company and breaks down a lot of the little barriers to adopting a, a data-centric culture. And I mean, in our heart, you know, we're, we are analytics as a service, database as a service. So we do all the, the analytics builds, database building, uh, data integration, ETL, visualization, all that. But it's our approach that um, I think differentiates us. And, and one of the reasons we're talking today is we've um, got a, a, a project that is not exactly um, not exactly analytics as a service, but it's a major component of that. Our IoT solution that we've uh, we've started building for greenhouse uh, plant management, and we're coming at that from not you know a, an agriculture or IoT first perspective. It's a data first perspective, and then like, that's our foundation. Then we're developing the the other pieces around it. Hmm. Interesting. So. So I guess maybe taking one step back just for, for our listeners to give a little yeah, background. It's complicated. You, <laughs> no, it's, I think it's super fascinating. So what, how, you know, I guess in, in reasonably simple terms, uh, how, how would you explain what data analytics is to somebody who's maybe new to the industry? I guess it's kind of a broad question, but at least, you know, maybe from, from your perspective. Yeah, it is a broad question. Analytics has really come to mean a lot of different things and the discipline has only recently evolved. So if you go back maybe 20 years, you don't really have a data analytics department in IT you don't have data scientists and, and, and all these different roles. It's happening, but the names just aren't there. 
And um, the discipline has evolved where now we have bachelor's degrees in, in data analytics and, and master's and doctoral degrees. Um, ultimately, you know, every business uses it. So everybody who goes, well, what is analytics? I don't know anything about data analytics. Well, you're using, if you use Excel, if you use pivot tables or charts in Excel, that's usually where it starts. If you use reports from whatever suite you've got to manage your part of the business, um, those are data analytics. And then the market has exploded with things like Tableau and uh, Cognos and Power BI, um, Looker, Qlik or Click. Um, they're everywhere now. And, you know, it, it, analytics as a, as a business service can mean anything from tabular reports that, you know, basically what we're all used to, to dashboards, to uh, even predictive modeling and predictive analytics going, hey, well, you know, we predict that based on your, your, your driving patterns, you're going to need you know, an oil change coming up whenever. Uh, or in our case, uh, for these plants, you know, if based on um, uh, based on our, 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 our vital signs that we're getting from, from these plants, we know we're going to need some intervention coming up very soon. So anything from, like I said, tabular reports all the way to figuring out what happened, why it happened, and what's going to happen next, that's data analytics. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, no, that's a really good explanation. And I think What's what's interesting is, you know, you mentioned, you know, if you're if you're using almost any business tool these days, you're using some form of analytics. What's funny, even to take that one step further, I mean, anytime you're pretty much doing anything, you're you're using the data analytics in your brain yes. <laughs> you know, to to make sense of the data that you're being presented, analyzing it and then making a decision or prediction or whatever it is out of that. I think what's what's interesting is that how, you know, as uh, we get access to more and more data and in combination with that, more and more uh, compute capacity and capability, those the ability for us to leverage machines to help us make those decisions and help make sense of the data, of course, goes, you know, increases exponentially. Um, how, uh, you know, you mentioned this IoT platform that, that you guys are working on. Um, maybe we could get a little bit more into that and, and how that came to be. You know, it, it sounds like maybe maybe you could take us from from where maybe the company started um, to along that you know kind of windy path as it usually is right. to where you got to. You know, the projects you're working on now, kind of what the what the big flashing red light indicators were is to you know this is what we should be working on. Kind of right. Um, <clears throat> well, we still uh, and I'm at a crossroads right now, figuring out you know do we offer this this product and we call it Sproutrix. Um, my 10 year old daughter actually helped figure out the name and the logo for it. Um, but we, you know, Sproutrix is either going to be um, one of our, our products in a different vertical, or we may spin off the company altogether and just be a subsidiary because while they're all data products, um, the, the focus is a little different, you know, from, from B2B analytic services to smart agriculture. Um, how we got here, I uh, back in early last year, um, I co-wrote a paper with a friend of mine at University of Georgia in the computer science department, and it was on the the foundational research for this product. We put together um, a a plant sensor 
platform using uh, Particle as our development uh, platform. And, you know, different sensors from Grove and, and um, even Arduino. And put that together, we were able to monitor um, vital signs on any plants, uh, temperature, humidity, soil temperature, soil pH, light level, CO2. I mean, they have sensors for almost everything out there now. And that started as sort of a side research project um, because we were, she was interested in the imaging part of it where we could have the drone fly over and image plants. You put that together with the sensor readings, you go, okay, this leaf turned yellow. Let's go back and look at the last 24 hours of data and understand what's wrong. And then I, I also added in the component of um, time series database. And I had gotten turned on to InfluxDB a few years ago and really loved how it was designed for you know rapid fire time series readings. It's a perfect platform for IoT. And um, you know, with data being our focus, all of those things came together in this 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 great um, conference presentation that we did. And we did that and I, I let it sit for a while. And I was actually in a conversation with uh, one of our incubators around here in Greenville. And we were talking about logical, but then I just, I mentioned uh, the IoT solution offhandedly. And that, when we went down that rabbit hole, and you know, while a service business is harder to pitch, because I've had people say, well, show me a demo for what your company does. Well, we're a service business. I don't have a demo. Mm -hmm. um, a, you know, Sproutrix as a product, you can physically hold it. You can look at what it gives you. It is very, it's not one of those things where, well, for, for me to tell you what logical can do for your business, we need to have a conversation about what your needs are. Mm -hmm. The needs are already there for Sproutrix. And we can say, here's the problems it solves. Here's how it solves them. And here's how you can move forward and scale with it. And that, that's how we got here. Uh, I just applied for USDA SBIR grant uh, for phase one. And we also have some partners we've identified, both uh, academic institutions and some, some farms here in the state, and one particular down in Charleston, uh, Brightmaw Farms, that are interested in being a pilot site. And all of that will be driven, like I said, as, you know, we're a data company first, so all of that will be driven by our data integration principles and platform. Yeah, it's super interesting. And I think, you know, you're, uh, I would say that, that Critical has similar challenges, if you will, um, with regards to, you know, kind of really being able to effectively like kind of tell that story and craft that pitch around, you know, what problem can we solve for you kind of thing? Because mm -hmm. the, the open-ended, well, if you've got it, we can fix it, you know, kind of thing. It, it's, it's just not necessarily, it's like a hammer and search for a nail, but it's more like when you have these solutions that can solve such a broad uh, spectrum of problems, it, it, at least I've found it makes that kind of 30 second pitch or whatever you want to call it more challenging because mm -hmm. if you, exactly like you said, if you don't know uh, what the challenges the customer's having, you might be able to solve them. But if you go into some pitch that's, you know, you're talking about robotics or some random thing, uh, but really they're interested in video processing or uh, those are obviously just two random examples but yeah like even even though you may have a solution that can handle the video processing side of things or like in your case if someone's looking for an agricultural solution and you start talking to them about um i don't know satellite imagery for mining or some some random thing you know those are 
while those two those two, that core technology might be able to address those kind of those the, the problem set that they have, crafting the story around someone else's problem set, you know, their eyes are going to quickly glaze over, and you know, it's and it's like you said, without some sort of proof point or tangible kind of example, um, you know, that it's harder to connect the dots. I think for for a lot of people, so that's that's interesting. How it kind of seems like you've you've. Uh, uh, had sort of a similar experience and, and I guess I'd be curious how, um, cause we've kind of gone in this direction too, but I, I'd, I'd be curious how you, you came to, uh, some of the USDA stuff, uh, you know, how, you know, if that was a roundabout track or if you just said, well, we're kind of looking to solve a problem in this area and here's a solicitation that kind of fits the bill or was it the other way around where you said like we don't really know what problem we're going to solve, but hey, we could solve this problem, and they posted that they need it solved. So I yeah. mean, how did that kind of go come about? Um, I so much of what you said resonates with me. Um, I found in starting the company, starting Logical, that you know the the entrepreneur ecosystem right now is so focused on venture capital and you know grow fast and get out. Yeah. Um, and also that's where I think the, well, where's my demo? Can you demo the product? All of that comes from the 30 second pitch and all these things are just rapid fire, um, quick and dirty. And I, I, I've just, in the beginning, I was, I was very optimistic. Like, wow, we have so many entrepreneur resources around here. And one by one, they just kept, I kept checking them off as well. They're not looking for what we do. They're not looking for what we do. And with, with Sprout Tricks, um, I spoke with, there's, there's a company called Three Phase here in South Carolina that really helps with um, you know, small business uh, innovation funding. And you know, I, I was just, I was looking, I was trying to check off all the boxes I could on, on how to really get some, some assistance for the business. Because I'm thinking, well, everybody else is, is, is riding this wave. I think we should too. Um, and we had a conversation about the company and they were like, well, you know, it doesn't really fit a specific niche. You do have proprietary research, but it's just, it, it's hard to pitch. And I forgot exactly how I said, well, you know, I've got this, um, I've got this IoT project that was kind of been dormant, but you know, that solves a very specific problem. And they go, oh, okay, well, <laughs> That sounds like it would work. <laughs> so, so uh, they were so helpful in getting that that application done. Um, it was a lot of paperwork, but you know that solved um, a very specific need. And the lit review that I did before I submitted it showed me that there were so many little disjointed solutions out there. There were components of what this product is, but there's not one integrated solution. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's almost like one that facet of what I'm doing with Sproutrix, with the very focused IoT solution, that's helping me also kind of narrow my focus and my story for Logical, which is a very, you know, wide, you know, I don't, I don't know what your problem is and I can't pitch something to you until I know that. And we even say, you know, we want to do a, a, a short assessment first before we come with any solutions or proposals or anything like that because i've been in situations where a company gets pitched for a solution before they even really know what they're looking for right mm -hmm. um so so they're two very different um i think business models you know one is a needle focus on a problem the other one is we we're going to adapt to what your situation is and help you get to where you want to go 
So it's service business versus product business. Yeah, totally. And, and I think, uh, you know, in, in our kind of recent experience, because um, we've gotten into some of the, the government contracting side of things through the SBIR and STTR programs. Uh, and then just, I don't know, for those who, who aren't necessarily uh, thoroughly engulfed in uh, government contracting, uh, it's small business innovation research and a, a small business technology transfer and research programs, I think are the two, the two acronyms. Uh, yeah, the first thing you know, you realize getting into government contracting is it's 100% acronyms all Everywhere. day, every day. <laughs> so, but, uh, but there are super interesting programs because I think it does, you know, especially for what it sounds like, you know, your the companies like yours, um, it does help narrow that focus because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I think, you know, really interesting, innovative companies out there that haven't necessarily found the, the killer app, so to speak, for their technology or their core competency or whatever it is. Um, and there's a whole bunch of problems that the government is just soliciting all the time. We need solutions to these 5,000 things, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you kind of go through the list and then maybe you find one of them that's actually a good fit with, you know, one, two, three that, that are good fits with what kind of your core competency is. And then you kind of go through that process of how do you you, how you actually make that, you know, put the proposal together and increase your odds of winning and all these different, you know, teaming agreements. And this is the whole, you know, it's a whole separate, separate conversation. But I think what's interesting, the, the real point is, you know, you get these really interesting opportunities to solve uh, these, these difficult challenges. And it, the end result is you get um, you well, one, you get paid to do it, <laughs> which is good. Um, so it kind of keeps the lights on. But two, uh, you know, you get you retain ownership in the intellectual property that you develop. And then you can the core point of the program is to go and take that to the commercial sector in addition to what you've done with the government and go market it and sell it and you know manufacture it, partner with people and, and kind of scale it out that way. Mm -hmm. um, have you guys gotten to the point where, it sounds like some of the, the uh, what you've already kind of looked at, it, it, at least from what you mentioned here, is that you've it identified some some commercial use cases for this for this stuff as well. Are there are mm -hmm. there kind of some target commercial customers you guys are looking at your beachheads? You don't necessarily have to list them by name unless you want to, yeah. but um, but yeah, just kind of curious how you're approaching the commercialization side of things. So phase one is to get our our pilot study going and we're, we're looking at um, anywhere from 50 to 100 plants uh, each with their own sensor and then the, the drone and in the database behind it um, <clears throat> the one thing we've got to do for commercialization the obvious one to me is we, we've got to make a better package because right now it is you know the the particle brain with the breakout board and all the little sensors plugged into it so you know, it's fine for us to test with but commercialization is going to have to be a lot better than that and we that should be phase two because uh, we really need a lot of good testing uh to, to to figure this stuff out first before we even approach um commercialization we know though that you know two of the biggest expenses for any greenhouse operation um, it's labor and energy and for the grant it was funny i was doing the math on this and i go okay let's let's figure let's compare this to human intervention so if the sensor you know takes uh let's say um two three four five let's say six six to eight measurements 
um, per, per plant. And if you assume each of those takes about 60 seconds to read it, write it down or record it somewhere, uh, you're talking a, one person could do maybe eight within an hour. And then you extrapolate that to, let's say, a, a 500 plant establishment. Just to check them one time a day is 3,500 minutes. That's 58 hours and 20 minutes. So in order to, that's for one person. So if you wanted to get one check done within one hour, you need to have 63 people doing it. Hmm. So you know, scalability is our number one thing that we're trying to solve. And if, if we're able to cut, I don't want to say completely cut out labor, because a lot of times we see technology as the enemy of uh, human intervention, right? And this is not about cutting people out. This is simple math that says, if do you want to have, I, I can take measurements on this 15 seconds, every 15 seconds. I say probably could do it in shorter intervals, but we want to have a little bit of, of, of cushion. So there's no way that somebody could take manual measurements every 15 seconds of every plant. Mm -hmm. So we know, you know, commercial wise, if we want to eliminate the labor problem, then we do, you, you do a, a, a capital expenditure on this system. And now <clears throat> you're able to focus your labor on more important things other than constantly running rounds checking all these this data because you're going to trade off accuracy for labor mm -hmm. if i want to pay less and have fewer people i'm going to have less accuracy in my data well why not both fewer people more accuracy mm -hmm. i can do that and you know doing the market research for this and, and really getting into the agricultural space has been the hardest part for me because I, i'm a data guy i'm not i don't i don't know that market so i've had to do a good bit of research and we know that so far this year there have been just a boatload of deals in agritech and the market's expected to grow uh, i think it was 17 something billion in 2019 it's like a 12 percent growth rate so we know that we're ripe uh, to get into the market and we know that there's nothing else right now that um, combines all of these different pieces together and i've said in plenty of places, both in the grant application and even in our pitch decks, that you know, no single piece of this is you, is 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 proprietary. You can buy plant sensors out there. You can buy drones. You can set up a database. Um, you, I mean, the, the algorithms will probably wind up being our, our true proprietary piece, but it is that package. Think about how many businesses now have taken things that are not unique. They just put them together in a, in a unique way mm -hmm. and they got a wonderful business off of that. So we're, yeah. we're, we're no different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and that's usually, I mean, that pretty much describes almost every business I can even think of. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, I mean, like, yeah, occasionally there is some, some earth shattering, whatever world changing innovation. Uh, but even that is usually just derivatives of stuff that already <laughs> exists, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I think that, uh, that is another nice thing about that whole pro the the phased program um, that those the SBIR and STTR uh, initiatives offer is the kind of initial customer discovery proof of concept you know upfront de-risk you know the the possibility of this thing turning into a commercially promising uh, opportunity um, 
and then have the phase two be like, all right, now deliver your proof of concept, your prototype, do some actual, you know, functional tests and, and that kind of thing, um, which is, is really interesting. And it's, it's cool to see how all these different agencies are kind of changing their approach to, you know, how they're, uh, you know, even marketing to small businesses, getting people's attention, accelerating all the, the contract times and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think getting back to your point about the uh you know the labor the labor problem or labor kind of challenges it's interesting because like you're saying of course that's there's always this uh this kind of almost visceral reaction that, that people get when you start talking about automating pretty much anything um because i remember that the uh an interesting example from from years ago was um momentum machines who i'm pretty sure since changed changed their name to who even knows but they were the ones who were building that uh automated uh hamburger making machine basically um and it got to the point where they were getting you know death threats from 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 whoever i don't know who's sitting around sending death threats in general but from people saying you know basically afraid that they're going to be automated out of a job kind of thing but I think, you know, in in the case of something like this, where, you know, that's the whole the whole kind of mantra or whatever you want to call it for what are good at good applications for automating human tasks like the dirty, dull and dangerous stuff. Uh, if it kind of fits any of those three, then, you know, there are you know, more more than one or whatever it is. Um, that's a good you know application for, quote unquote, robots or some form of automation. Mm-hmm. And I think to your point about, you know, is it really a a valuable use of like the human uh you know capacity or whatever you want to call it for somebody to be walking around taking notes on a clipboard of what a sensor says in some planner box when you could be using those much more valuable you know humans <laughs> quote unquote mm-hmm. to be doing something else because if you're if that's a gating factor to the business being productive say generating additional capital or whatever expanding operations or maybe it's just increasing their throughput or whatever it could be you know 100 different things um that, those things are going to be limited the ability for that company to hire more people to do all these other tasks might be limited by that one person taking recordings on their clipboard. So exactly. if you can automate that, I mean, that job can easily, I mean, that might create opportunities for five new jobs. I mean, as an mm-hmm. example, I mean, it's, it's a, it is interesting when you get into those kind of balancing acts, you're, you're talking about extracting the cost from a really a non value added activity and shifting that to enable the business and the employees and everyone else working on the project to provide more kind of value added human contribution is kind of a lot of the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. And two, you know, there, if you spend all your time taking measurements, how much time are you going to have to act on that information? Mm-hmm. So if we can shift the time factor from the dull and dirty, which is taking all those measurements, well, that's a passive thing. You're not, how are you, you don't have time to react to that. So if we shift it, then we let the sensors do the work. And we get real-time data, we get historical data, we get models we can we can generate. Then we can put the labor force on doing things that are more constructive, and you you're using that data to make better decisions. So you know it's not a thing where oh we're gonna you know, we sell to one greenhouse operation and then the next day they're gonna lay off half their their staff. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's not quite that. No, we, we we want to go okay. 
whatever staff you have that are doing, and you might, some of them might not even be doing any of this. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, hey, they look good, uh, and we, we've got a, we've got automated irrigation. That's about it. So we, what we want to do, and this kind of goes along with back to logicals, um, one of our missions really is empowering employees with with trustworthy and actionable data. So that that carries over to the Sproutrix model because we're taking away a big time sucker and we're, we're serving up that information in a way that the 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 owner the employees who however the the greenhouse is structured they can act on it and I don't, I don't know what the margin increases would be i don't know you know we don't have any data yet to say well you know you can increase your profits by such and such and that's one of the things you know some of these future studies are going to have to do so we can I, mean, I you know i've done the math for what it would take mm-hmm. but i want to see what does it really affect yeah well, yeah, and I think, too, to your point about using that data, because uh, obviously that's really the goal. I, recording the data is kind of, I mean, it's a necessary step, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a, a critical step in it, but the then you, what do you do with that? I mean, having a bunch of data is great, but if you can't make sense of it, I mean, that's sort of how the whole kind of data analytics thing kind of bring it all full circle. And that's, I mean, that's what we're the end goal. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's, informa- there's data and there's information, and companies are awash in data, mm-hmm. but really dying for useful information and yeah. so you know, let's say we have 500 plants we have eight measurements a plant um you you take that and multiply it by however many times a day we read it that's a lot of data coming in you know the question is how do we make it useful and there's where you get into some different customization options you know what does this particular environment or does this particular grower need uh what alarms do we set if things go you know too high or too low and with um, some farms, you know, will be doing genetic uh, genetic work. And so then you get into, well, for this strain in this location, what are the parameters we really need to hit? And then does this have an effect? And, I, mean, I was even thinking about uh, adding a, a sound sensor to see if, because if, there, there are some questions out there about how do sound waves uh, impact plants? Well, It'd be very easy to pop one of those on here and, and try that out and see. Yeah. Um, and there's and that goes down the whole road of well, you know, do we want to package this as a non-customizable uh, deployment, or do we want to offer different packages for different different plants or solutions? I I don't know that yet. Um, yeah. For, but yeah, it's possible. Yeah, no, I th- and I think that's uh, that's a really interesting point too because I mean it's sort of you sort of almost get into some interesting. Uh, kind of business models there where, you know, here's the the all-inclusive, whatever you want to call it, sensing module, so to speak, sensing slash compute or whatever it is. Um, and you can have the, well, if you want the <laughs> sound analytics uh, option, you know, we basically just like flip a switch. You now all of a sudden you're yeah. harvesting sound data and, you know, we can provide you insights. I think that that whole when you, especially when you talk about really big scales, the whole actionable, insights and, and information like you're describing um that of course comes back into the whole well what's the kind of macro efficiency of these different things i mean especially when you're talking about you know water energy you know land consumption all of these different things in addition to the kind of human factor stuff um you get into some pretty big problems that 
you know, if you can throw the the right uh, kind of decision making tools and, and data collection pieces and all that kind of stuff um, at a problem, you make some pretty big impacts, even with relatively incremental improvements when you're talking about, you know, say at like a single plant or a single section in one plant kind of kind of a level, you know, eh, you know, whatever you save two percent on your electricity bill, who really cares? But like you said, you multiply that by dozen sites in a plant times 500 yeah. plants times the size of the country or whatever it is. I mean, it's, those numbers get pretty big pretty fast, I think. So it's, it's super interesting. I had the same thought around the type of plant, too, because one way I explain this is, you know, if you buy a tomato plant and kill it, you're out, what, a few dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, if you buy a hemp plant and you kill that, then you've got mm-hmm. a much more significant loss. And, you know, organic farmers, um, we've thought a lot about who our markets could really be. And, you know, hemp and, 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 and medical cannabis, that's certainly on our, our radar. Um, but really, you know, organic farmers, the need for real-time insight is there. It's, I mean, it's there everywhere, but it's really much more pronounced for them because you've got so many restrictions around what you can and can't use for the plant. So the sooner they can get that information, the better. And, you know, one thing I, I thought about a second ago when we were talking was um, the the human element again and the sort of inherent distrust of automation. One of the logical extensions for this is, well, we have the information. What do we do with it? And you know, do you want alerts around certain parameters? And you could go whole hog on this and say, well, um, I won't. I want the real-time data. I want the models, but I also want automated watering, feeding. I want my greenhouse shades to move back and forth. And and I've I've thought about that a lot. And now, granted, for a large-scale solution, this isn't practical. But in the beginning, at least, I feel very strongly that we don't really get into automated interventions, but we do have. Uh, and, and based on our data collection and modeling that we'll, we'll have, um, let's say a reading, you know, the soil moisture is below a certain threshold. Well, it seems pretty obvious you need to water the plant. But let's take that as an example and let's let's use that for other measurements. You know, it's too, it's the light's too much or the pH level is too, too wrong. Um, I'm more comfortable having that as a an alert and a few recommended actions that the individual can take as opposed to we detected a problem we're going to fix it don't worry about it leave us alone yeah because because there if there's if there's no human if there's no place for you to intervene and and think about okay what do we really want to do here even if it's just sure i'll water it Mm -hmm. then you start out with that that distrust of well if i buy this then you know this thing is going to run my 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 system for me and i don't know that i trust that yeah, some places do want that, but I just I, I'm not there. I I don't want this to be a you know push a button and come check on it next week. This is a, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah this is because you know greenhouse farming. I know hydroponics and 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 I, I've seen some really great you know uh, you can run the whole thing on your app uh, <laughs> implementations. And I know the desires there, but again I think both from a distrust level, but also just from, from me going, well, we need to have a lot of data 
to prove out these actions before we can say to a consumer, hey, we know what's best for this situation, so we're going to do it without your intervention. Mm-hmm. That's just irres- it's, it's, it'd be irresponsible for us to do that um, right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think that's uh, – we talk, kind of talked about this in previous episodes too, but kind of more using the, the kind of um, – that – that information and sort of that that kind of suggestion model where you know it's it's you know because of all the reasons you mentioned uh not not least of which you know in addition to the trust stuff is the sometimes unpredictable nature of you know putting things into quote-unquote ai uh mm-hmm. and then just you know not really knowing exactly why it's doing the things that it's doing but just allowing it to just go crazy and do whatever uh that's yeah. a totally different situation than saying like just nudging someone in the right direction or or giving them exactly. an alert or yeah exactly you're like here we're gonna exactly. help you make this decision we're not making it for you i think it's definitely the right idea yeah, I, I don't want the agricultural equivalent of Skynet to happen. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, well, that's another, I mean, that's a totally valid thing, too. I mean, like, yeah, when you're, well, I mean, Skynet or even getting into, like, cybersecurity issues, you know, if there's, if there isn't the ability for a human to intervene in a process, even if the the machine in a, in a black box or whatever you want to call it, uh, in a vacuum is doing what it's supposed to do, well, what happens if there's some nefarious actor who gets into that system and then just starts making those decisions for you? You know, then you could end up with a lot bigger loss than if you just forgot to click the water button one morning, kind of thing. So exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, no, it's, it's super interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're running a little low on time, but yeah, what uh, what's next for you guys? Like, what's what's kind of your immediate um, term goals? You know, I know you mentioned, obviously, you're waiting to hear back on the, the grant application. Um, I guess aside from that, what uh, what do you think would be a good takeaway from our audience? Are you looking for, for any particular kind of uh, uh, contacts and applications, customers? You know, what's, what's kind of best for you for, uh, for people listening? Uh, well, I just put up today, I just put up uh, an Indiegogo page. I thought I'd give that a try. Um, I'm a little skeptical of it, but um, just because I've never done it before. Uh, so that's out there. Our website for the product, uh, you got two choices. One is sproutrix.com, S-P-R-O-U-T-R-I-X, and then logical.us, which is L-O-G-I-C-L-E.us. And information is there um, on the product and also on the company. Um, we have, of course, March, we should know if we're awarded that grant. We've got a great partner uh, down in the low country, Brightmaw Farms, and uh, we're working right now. Uh, Harold, who's the owner there, he and I are working on some different doors to get into, uh, both with um, innovation partners and also academic partners uh, for additional research. So, you know, right now we really need to close close those links. And, you know, the equipment, being able to do a pilot study, we may even be able to do one if we're not awarded the grant, because if we have the site, then the equipment is really the only, is the bigger thing. That's the only big thing to deal with. So, um, you know, I am looking for more commercial potential partners, potential customers. Um, this, again, this is an area in ag tech that I'm very green in. Um, I'm a data guy, I'm not an agricultural guy. So any listeners who, you know, you're listening, you go, oh, I need to, I need to talk to so-and-so or he should go say, you know, say hello to this person. Uh, I, I want to hear about it. 
because um, this is, like I said, a new a new vertical for me. And it's uh, it's sometimes I go, man, do I really want to <laughs> do I really want to keep pushing this? Uh, but I've you know we're excited. Um, I've got a really good team behind it uh, in in logical and also our industry partners. And so, um, you know, I think right now, as, as, as Harold was at Brightma, uh, just keep putting people in the room to make connections and, and move the dream forward. Perfect. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we can connect offline. We definitely have some uh, some people we've worked with over the years in kind of that agricultural space and happy to make some connections there. But um, yeah. But yeah, so, uh, you know, so again, it's uh, Jonathan Fowler from Logical uh, Analytics, L-O-G-I-C-L-E dot U-S. Uh, we'll put both uh, the Logical and the Sproutrix links in the show notes. Um, Jonathan, thanks so much for uh, for coming on the show. Best of luck with the grant application. and We'll uh, have to t- stay in touch here. Awesome. Well, again, this has been Jonathan Fowler from Logical Analytics, L-O-G-I-C-L-E dot U-S. Uh, we'll put uh, Logicals and the Sproutricks.com uh, URLs in the show notes. Uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, wish you the best of luck with the grant application, and we'll definitely stay in touch. And for everybody else out there, thanks so much for listening. Hope you tune into the next episode of IoT Idols, Innovators to Watch. This is Ryan Cousins signing off. See you next time. Hey, this is Critical CEO Ryan Cousins again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the IoT Idols podcast. If you're an accomplished engineer, inventor, product manager, or technology entrepreneur, and would like to be featured on an upcoming episode, please go to critical.com slash podcast slash apply. That's K-R-T-K-L dot com slash podcast slash apply. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or share it on social media and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone you'd like to have us interview, let them know about the show or tag them on social media using the hashtag IoT Idols. We're always looking for great guests eager to share their stories with our audience. We're regularly posting new episodes, so make sure you subscribe to our podcast, follow us on social media, and join our mailing list at critical.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be excellent. <laughs>